0: Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Over the last couple of weeks, we have been talking about one, two weeks ago, we talked about the magnitude of the request. We mentioned Jabez and how he asked God for big things. Uh, We understand that he was born into sorrow. But he ended a very well-respected man. And in between, he asked God a big request. He said, bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory, that your hand would be upon me. And the hand of the Lord, I wrote a blog this week. The hand of the Lord is God's presence, God's provision, and God's power on your life. And then he said that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And I love the will of God was expressed in verse 10. He says, God says, and I granted what he requested. And so I've just been asking God for big things lately, and I want you as well to ask God for big things. Last week, we talked about God grants big requests, that when we ask big, God will grant big. Matter of fact, some of the things we're asking God to do is things that we can do on our own. Oh, Lord, you know, get me a job. You can go and get you a job on your own. Ask God to make you a business owner. Ask God to give you creative ideas, witty inventions that can cause you to be uh, a blessing to the body of Christ, that cause you to be a blessing to your family and humanity. Let's stop asking God for little stuff we can do. Oh, Lord, give me an Apple Watch. Just go buy you an Apple Watch. <laughs> Ask God for something big. Let me buy somebody else an Apple Watch. Are you listening to me? And so God is inquiring and requiring us to ask big. And I was going to continue down that path, but the Lord arrested me this week in my study because I want to go a slight different direction today because I really want to talk to someone that feels stuck. Someone that feels like you're not making any progress. You feel trapped. Your situation seems Unending. You feel like you're in a thankless career. People are overlooking you. People are getting promoted ahead of you. People are further along than you. At your age, at your stage of life, you just feel like everybody is ahead of you. And uh, you are just lollygagging behind. You feel disappointed. I mean, your overall view of life is disappointment. You seem overlooked. And you completely feel unappreciated. You can't find anyone to date. There ain't no good men or women out here. Just can't find anyone to date. Can't find time to spend with your spouse. Your children don't seem to be maturing at the pace you would like. You feel old. You've lost your passion. You can't seem to discover your purpose. And you've gone as far as you can go. I mean, you feel that way. I've gone as far as I can go. Many times in life, if we're honest, and most of the time people are not honest, (laughs) let me say this. Most of the time, you don't want people to be completely honest with you. Uh, you you don't want them well how do you think I look I think you're fat and ugly and sloppy you don't want them to say that you don't want people to be completely honest with you and more often than not most of us put on a, a display everything is going well how you doing I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord how you doing everything is working out right for me What's going on in your life? Oh, it's nothing but greatness, greatness. And you look on social media and everybody's just doing so great and everybody's experiencing such good advancement in their career and their kids are so healthy and things are going so well. But the truth of the matter is they're not being completely honest with you. And if we can just take a moment to have some self-reflection and uh, place some eyes on us, I think we'll realize that we are not feeling like we're at the place that we should be either. I know a few years ago, the Lord delivered me from this. I I didn't deliver myself from this. The Lord delivered me from this. A few years ago around my birthday, I used to feel very sad. And we celebrate birthdays in our house. I mean, birthdays is a big deal. I mean, my goodness, we go all out for birthdays. I'm not the only one in here that do that, Hollies. I'm not, I mean, I'm not the only one in here that go all out for birthdays and stuff. And we go all out. And a few years ago, I, when it was my birthday, I was just sad. Well, why was I sad? Well, I just thought I would be further along than I am now. I thought I would have more, do more, discover more, I would advance more. And right around my birthday, that number would go up and I just felt bad. I felt sad. And I didn't even realize I was going through that until Stacy's mentioned it to me. She said, you, you seem a little down around your birthday. Man, when she mentioned, mentioned it, I went to the Lord about it and the Lord delivered me. Now I celebrate life and life more abundantly. It's a blessing to be alive. It's a blessing to get older. It's a blessing to be able to wake up in the morning and step out of the bed. If if you agree with me, say amen. I mean, it's a blessing to do these things and the Lord delivered me out of it. But there are times and there are situations that we feel like we're stuck. We feel like We are where we are and we're not gonna go any further. But Pookie and Ray Ray, things are going so well for them. It is so great for them. Look what the Lord has done for them. But for us, we can't even find five or six things to be thankful for. And it's the perspective that needs to change. It is our way of thinking and our philosophy about life that really needs to change. Our view of success needs to change. Our definition of what is successful needs to change. I mean, in Genesis, we found out that Joseph was successful because the Lord was with him. Wasn't because of all the stuff that he accomplished, because he couldn't have done any of that without the Lord. You are successful because the Lord is with you. Say this, I am successful because the Lord is with me. That, that is your criteria for success. God is with me, never to leave me nor forsake me. And so with him, it's in him I move. It's in him I breathe. It's in him I have my being. And so therefore, I am successful because he is with me, not because I make X amount of dollars, not because I have X amount of children, not because I have X amount of things paid off, not because I am so healthy. I am successful because God is with me. Hallelujah. And when we are experiencing some of these feelings, well, I'm stuck, I'm trapped. Uh, There's nowhere else I can go. I, I have done all I can do, and I cannot do any more than what I can do. I personally believe that this is the place that God wants us to be. He wants you to get to the end of yourself and say, I can't do any more. Now we need God to come in and do what we can't do. And I believe that pleases him. Well, the truth of the matter is, I must say it now, truth of the matter is you've done all you can do and you can't do anymore. That is false. I'm going to show you today. There are some, there are some things that we can do that will cause a breakthrough to occur in our situation. Come on, somebody shout breakthrough. breakthrough. Come on, shout breakthrough again. I said, shout breakthrough. breakthrough. There's some things that God has laid out in his word, some principles, some practical spiritual principles that we can implement in our life that would cause our situation to no longer remain the same, but we will break through any restriction, any cap, Any barrier that man has placed upon us, that Satan has placed upon us, that we have placed upon ourselves, we will cut through that and break through it and get to the other side. Come on, somebody. Say, I'm going to the other side. I'm preaching better than you. I'm preaching better than you saying amen today, but that's all right. I'm going to preach this thing because a breakthrough is any sudden advance that removes a barrier to progress. A sudden advance that removes a barrier to progress. And how many of you know there's an enemy out there who is your opponent who doesn't want you to advance in any area of your life? He wants you. This is why he is called the God of this world. He wants you to feel stuck. He wants you to feel trapped. He wants you to feel like you've lost your passion. He wants you to be sad and depressed. But God is telling us that there are some things that can cause you to break through out of this mess. All summer long, I've been meditating on this word breakthrough. Somebody shout breakthrough. Breakthrough is a sudden advance. We've got to get through this barrier. We've got to come through this restriction. We've got to go through this boundary. And God is calling us to breakthrough. So today, I want to talk about six things, six practical ways to experience breakthrough in your life. You are not alone. You are not the only one. You are not limited. You you can do more than you think you can do, and God has laid some things out for us. Are you ready to dive into this? I said, Are you ready to dive into this? Look at John chapter eleven, and uh, meet me at verse one. John chapter eleven, verse one. And we're going to read through verse 6. Before I read this, this is the story of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. Lazarus has died, and Mary and Martha are his sisters. And we're going to pick up here in verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Look at verse 3. Therefore, the sister sent to Jesus saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place that where he was. Now, I want you to pick up something here in verse three. It says, the sisters said to him, saying, Lord, behold, who, he whom you love is sick. This stood out to me because they're saying, God, you love him and he is sick. What they're not saying is he who loves you is sick. No, they're saying he whom you love is sick. There's a difference because the the love is not contingent upon our love for him. It's the love that's contingent upon God's love for us. And so they are communicating to Jesus, it is not he who loves you, but he whom you love. The first way to experience a breakthrough is we're going to have to break through in our thinking of how much God loves us. I'm going to call this a love breakthrough. You are going to have to meditate on how much you are loved by God. You are going to have to consider how much you are loved by God. You are going to have to put a pen and a pad together and write down all the ways that you are loved by God. You are going to have to say, my father loves me. You are going to have to get up earlier in the morning, sit down before the kids wake up and begin to declare, God loves me. Think about the love he has for you. Consider the love he has for you. Put into your mind how much you are loved. You are gonna have to experience a breakthrough of his love first and foremost, or you will always feel stuck and trapped. Now understand this in verse six of that same chapter. It says, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. I thought that was interesting. Jesus loves Lazarus, Martha and Mary. He heard Lazarus was sick. Why didn't he immediately just jump and run that direction? Lazarus was sick. I've got to go see him. He's sick. I got to go. No, scripture says he stayed two more days. This tells me Jesus loves you even though he may not move as fast as you would like. Are you listening to me this morning? Jesus loves you even though he may not move as fast as you would like. And so number one, the first way to experience a breakthrough is we're going to have to experience a love breakthrough. You're going to have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are loved by God. There can be no questions about that. There can be no, uh, you know, I'm I'm deciding if that's true or not. There can be no deliberation about it. You're going to have to know God loves me and I am in this space and I am in this season and I am in this circumstance and I am in this marriage and I am in this career and I am in this condition, but God loves me. When you understand that you are love, say amen to that. When you know how much you are loved, you can break through anything that is trying to hold you back. When you know how much you are loved by him, nothing can stop you. When you know your father loves you and he's all-powerful and he's all-knowing and he's rich and nothing can stop him, then you recognize that nothing can stop you too. I cannot remain in this place because I am loved By an almighty God. Come on, somebody shout amen. Amen. Somebody shout, I am loved. loved. Somebody shout, I am so loved. So So when we understand how much we are loved, a breakthrough will occur. The second way to experience a breakthrough is found in John chapter 11, verse 40. John chapter 11, verse 40. I'm going to read a lot of scripture to you today because I want you to break through. You will not leave here today remaining the same. Let me say it again. You will not leave here today remaining the same. Look at verse 40. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? If you would believe, you would see. Now at this point, Lazarus is dead. He has already been wrapped up. He's been in the tomb for four days. Jesus said, if you would believe, you would see. Now turn with me to Psalms 27, 13. Psalm 27, 13. And the psalmist says, I would have lost heart or I would have quit. I would have gave up. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now watch this. If you would believe, you would see unless I had believed, I would see. The second way to experience a breakthrough is we're going to have to believe. Now, understand, most of us want to see something before we believe. Well, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. That's too late. I said that's too late. I'll believe it when I see it. It's too late. You're going to have to believe first, and then you become a candidate to see next. It doesn't work the other way. Matter of fact, people that are waiting to see it first before they believe will always be in a condition of waiting. But those that will believe first before they see something are those that will experience the manifestation of the goodness of God. They will break through conditions and circumstances and situations when you believe first before you see. Now, when you believe first, that means it's not that I had believed. No, I am believing. That means I am consistently, constantly believing God to do a work in my situation. Even when it looks like God is not doing anything, even when it feels like God is not doing anything, even when Pookie and Ray Ray tell you God ain't doing anything, You're going to say, I believe God is working behind the scenes, and I will see what I am believing for. Come on, somebody shout amen. Now, in 2 Corinthians 4.18, turn there real quick, 2 Corinthians 4.18, Paul tells us here in 2 Corinthians 4.18, he says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Now let's pause here. We're we're to stop looking at what we can see with our physical eyes. And we're to start to get our spiritual eyes in the unseen realm. Because the things we can see with our natural eyes are temporary. And they're subject to change at any moment. But what we see with our spiritual eyes are eternal. How we see the word of God on the inside is eternal. What we see on the outside with these natural eyes is temporary and can change at any moment. This is so good because insight is better than eyesight. I got to say it again. Insight is better than eyesight. I want everybody to look at me. Look at me right now. Insight is better than eyesight. What you see inside is greater than what you see outside because what you see on the outside is subject to change. And I love Hebrews 6. I didn't mean to go this direction, but Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, By, but, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently or continue to seek him. Watch this. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So God is pleased when you believe him for something before you see it with your natural eye. I'm preaching good this morning. God, that, this, it's, God is not pleased when it manifests. (laughs) That's when we get pleased. But God is pleased in the process by which you are believing until you see it. So when you are believing God for something that you can't do, When you believe in God for increase, when you believe in God for the manifestation of that healing, when you believe in God for a spouse, when you believe in God to have that wisdom to know what to do when you don't know what to do, God is pleased at that moment because he's saying, I will show you, but I'm pleased that you're believing it now before you can even see it. Mm, I thought I'd get a better amen than that. I, I need to fire myself up. I need an amen crowd. Jude, be my amen crowd. I need an amen crowd. Believing comes before seeing, and what you see now is temporary and subject to change. Say this after me, what I'm looking at right now, what I'm feeling right now, what I'm experiencing right now, is temporary and subject to change. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, number three. The third way that we can experience a breakthrough, you're not stuck. You are not trapped. You can experience breakthrough. The third way is to give thanks in advance. When you give thanks in advance, you cause a breakthrough to happen. When you give thanks in advance, it causes the enemy to be still and not move in his tracks. When you give thanks in advance, it causes you to press. It causes you to bust through. It causes you to go forth. It causes you to bust out of your situation when you give thanks in advance. John chapter 11, verse 41. We're still talking about Lazarus. John chapter 11, verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Now watch this. He says, I thank you. Lazarus is still dead. Lazarus is still in the tomb. Lazarus is still wrapped up. But Jesus says, God, I thank you. Before the miracle was ever even performed, Jesus says, God, I thank you. Before there was ever any manifestation of the goodness of God, Jesus said, God, I thank you. Before I experience what God has promised me to experience, Jesus said, God, I thank you. I wish I had three people that would just say, God, I thank you. Before I even see it happen, God, I thank you. Before it even manifests in my life, God, I thank you for it. Before it even comes to pass in my life, God, I thank you for it. When you begin to thank God for it in advance, things begin to happen. Manifestation occurs when you begin to thank God. You got to become a thankful group of people. You got to be like, man, listen, we're going to eat oodles and doodles tonight, but I thank God that we're going to have a steak one night. Oh, we I'm telling you, I got this pain in my back, but one day I'm not going to have this pain in my back. Matter of fact, back... I thank you that you're healed right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you right now while I'm still in pain, I thank God that my back is healed. While I'm still broke, I thank God that he's supplying my needs. While the doctor report still says the same thing, I thank God that he's healing me. I'm thanking God in advance. And people think you're crazy. Let them think you're crazy. I'm thanking God because I need a breakthrough to occur in my life. Hallelujah. I need a breakthrough to take place in my life. So I'm gonna thank Him in advance. Don't wait till it happens to say thank you. Thank Him before it happens. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. 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 We, we do this in the natural, it, it's not uncommon. We do it in the natural. There was a, a friend, you guys heard me tell this story, but this particular man told us several years ago. He says, I wanna send you and your wife to Vegas in all expense paid. I'm going to pay for everything. I'm, I want y'all to come in July. I'll be there and I want y'all to come too. Stacy wanted to go to Vegas. We said, guess what? Thank you. He, he didn't buy the ticket yet. We said, thank you. He didn't book the hotel yet. We said, thank you. Yeah. He, he didn't tell us when to be there, the exact dates of the flights. But we said, thank you. It, it happens in the natural. So God says, I'm going to supply all of your need. You broke us into the discussion. God said, I'm going to supply all your need. What, you, what, what should you be saying? Thank you, because he already said it. And so it's going to happen. He's a man of his word. It's got to happen. You're worried about when it's going to happen. And God's trying to get you to say thank you before it happens. Somebody shout, thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Matthew chapter 15, 35 through 36, real quick, Matthew chapter 15, 35 through 36. This is Jesus. He's about to feed the 4,000 men plus women and children. Verse 35, he said, so he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground and he took the seven loaves and the fish and he gave thanks, broke them and gave them to his disciples and the disciples gave to the multitude. Understand, God gave thanks for insufficiency. Not enough, wasn't enough to feed all the people that were hungry that day. But Jesus gave thanks for what was insufficient. Jesus was thankful despite the insufficiency. Jesus was thankful before he saw any provision. Are you thankful before you see the provision? Or are you like the world? You got to wait until the provision comes. Then maybe you might say thank you. No, no, no. We got to become thankful before we see the provision take place in our life. We're thankful people. And so if you want a breakthrough, you're going to have to have a breakthrough of Thanksgiving. You're going to have to just cause yourself to be thankful about something that you haven't even seen yet. And God wants you to be thankful. Somebody shout, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Somebody shout, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Now, number four, another way to receive a breakthrough. Acts chapter 16, 25 through 26. Acts chapter 16, 25 through 26. But at midnight, somebody said, that's the, I mean, that's the latest, darkest hour of the night. When scripture refers to midnight, it's talking about at a night that ain't so pleasant for most of us. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, somebody shout, suddenly. That's how your breakthrough is going to take place. Somebody shout, suddenly. There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. Now, they are locked up in prison. They had been beat before this. They are in prison, in chains, and they begin to praise God in prison. Their feet are bound, their hands are bound, they're bloody, they've got sores, they've got bruises, but they begin to praise God in prison. And as they begin to praise God in prison, a suddenly takes place. How many of you believe God for suddenlies to take place in your life? I'm believing for some suddenlies to take place in my life. A suddenly took place in their life. And everyone's chains begin to fall off. But I like this part. It said the earthquake took place and it shook the foundations. How I many you know foundations ain't supposed to be shaken? Foundations are supposed to be stable. They're supposed to stay right there. But the power of God came after they thanked him in advance and shook the foundation of the whole building. And then all of the doors just opened up. I declare: if you'll receive this, doors of opportunities will open up to you when you begin to praise God first. And they begin to praise God, and doors of opportunity begin to open, and everyone's chains were loose. Praise shook the foundations, praise opened doors, praise loose change. I dare you to jump on your feet and give God nine seconds of praise. And glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. Come on, I can't hear you you got to open up your mouth. Hey! Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I think, I'm telling you in the spirit realm, I see chains being broken off of you. I see chains being broken off your family. I see doors opening up to you and your family. I see foundations being shaken for you. Come on, shout glory. Come on, shout glory. Shout glory. Hallelujah! Glory, hallelujah. Hey, glory to God. Come on, take some time to shout. I know you came looking pretty today. I know you came with your best clothes on, but somebody shout, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory! Woo! Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, a breakthrough is taking place in your life. A breakthrough is taking place. When you can praise God in the midst of negativity, a breakthrough is taking place in your life. When you can praise him in the middle of your circumstance, a breakthrough is taking place. When your kids is acting crazy, but you can still praise God in the middle of it. Breakthrough is taking place in your life. Come on, be seated. I'm not done yet. Be seated. I'm not done. I'm not done. Praise shook foundations. Praise open doors. Praise loose chains. When we praise God, we are experiencing a breakthrough. So you're not you're not limited. You're not restricted. You're 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 not trapped. You're not bound. You're not under the circumstances. I know you feel that way, but God has given us practical ways to bust out and the breakthrough. Come on, somebody shout, breakthrough. breakthrough. I remember back in uh, back in 1992, 1992, <laughs> I was in high school, and my parents had, uh, earlier on, they had heard of Kenneth Copeland, right around the early 90s. They had heard of Kenneth Copeland, and we were going to a little small Baptist church, and mom got into Kenneth Copeland and got me into listening a little bit to Kenneth Copeland. And Fred Price, we were in California, so Fred Price was very prevalent in California as well. And... We had started hearing word we had never heard before. I mean, a different kind of word, a different kind of level of word. And and I was always taught what you couldn't do. Well, you can't do this, you can't do that. But when I listened to the, those guys, it's like, man, this is what you can do. And it just fired me up and stirred me up. And we went to Sacramento on a New Year's Eve. Now, I was a teenager, and uh, Sacramento was about two, two hours and a half or so for a New Year's Eve service. And I didn't want to go to that. I didn't want to go to that, okay? I didn't, I didn't want to. I didn't, you know. I wanted to stay home, but the the Baptist church we were part of, they had the all night New Year's Eve service. You know what I'm talking about? You get there at 8 p.m., you don't leave till the next morning after breakfast. After breakfast, you're gonna eat breakfast first. And I didn't want to go to that either. So mom, <laughs> mom, and them were like we're gonna to go to Sacramento and and we're gonna to go to a church and. I just had his name, the Lord, to bring it back to me, and we're gonna, we're we're just gonna drive up there for New Year's Eve service and drive back. And, and that didn't sound like fun either, but I had no choice, you know. I, I didn't, you know. Kids don't run my, kids didn't run my mama them house. Kids don't run my house. Some of y'all need to hear that. Kids don't run your house. Okay, that's why you there. You got to be a parent. Help them. And so they said, "You coming?" Well, I had no choice. So I hopped in the car, we're going up there, and I remember they were shouting. It was the biggest celebration I had ever been a part of. They were shouting, having a great time, and just I just thought it was so amazing. And they had a slogan. This was 1992, and the slogan was Breakthrough in 92. Breakthrough in 92. Breakthrough in 92. I remember that. Breakthrough in 92. Well, guess what? It's 2022. And I declare breakthrough in 2022, glory to God. Who received that? Breakthrough in 2022. If I'm talking to you, shout about it. Breakthrough in 2022, glory to God. Now, another way to experience breakthrough, we're making some progress here. Another way, you're not stuck. Another way to experience breakthrough found in Matthew chapter 7, 7 through 8. Matthew chapter 7, 7 through 8. And it says, ask, and the gift is yours. Seek, and you'll discover. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. Look at verse 8. For every persistent one will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. I submit to you, the next way to experience a breakthrough is you're going to have to be persistent. You're going to have to continue to be persistent. You're going to have to consistently and constantly repeat and continue. You can't quit. You can't stop. You're going to have to be persistent. Persistence makes you a candidate for breakthrough. Matter of fact, it's, I believe it's in Luke chapter 7, um, somewhere along, along those lines. The same passage is found in Luke chapter 7. And the scenario Jesus gives is a man has company. Unexpected guests come over his house. He didn't have any food to give him. So he goes to his neighbor's house and knocks on the door. And the neighbor said, listen, we sleep. What you doing over here? We sleep. Everybody in bed. Leave me alone. He keeps knocking on the door. He keeps persistently knocking on the door. Finally, what did the neighbor do? Neighbor got up, gave him some food, and said, leave me alone. He was persistent, and the persistency caused a breakthrough. When you are persistent, let me give you a biblical word, faithful. When you're faithful, when you are continuing to do the last thing God has called you to do. And I I need to say this. Some of you are in your situation because you have stopped doing the last thing God told you to do. Find out what was the last thing God told me to do and get back on doing that. I haven't heard from God in a while, Pastor. Are you doing the last thing he told you to do? I'm feeling stuck. I'm feeling uh, sad. I'm depressed. Are you doing what God has told you to do? And if you are, do it with persistence. Matter of fact, Faithfulness, the biblical word for persistence, is so strong in Scripture that it is one of the best qualities that Paul ever bestowed and described the people that work with him. He called them faithful. is one of the best qualities they ever did. This, this is a faithful one. They've been faithful. That means they've been consistent, loyal, reliable. Through the ups and downs in life, they've been faithful. Matter of fact, I want you to read Hebrews 11 this way. This week... I want you to read Hebrews 11 this way. Hebrews 11, the entire chapter goes through faith, the men and women of faith. But instead of the word faith, I want you to to insert the word faithful. By faithfulness, Moses did that. By faithfulness, Abraham did that. By faithfulness, it was through their faithfulness, and many theologians believe that that faithfulness word is the best translation of the word faith in that chapter. It was by faithfulness God accomplished these things through them. And so if we want breakthrough, it requires faithfulness. If you say, I desire breakthrough, then the proof of your desire is pursuit. Faithful, persistence. I am not going to quit. I am not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be persistent. I'm not going to quit. The temptation to quit is heavy. Full disclosure, I was driving in the church today and the Lord said, quit. I'm not the Lord, I'm sorry. The devil, the Lord didn't say that. The devil, the devil. I was driving to church and the devil said, you should, you should just quit. You should just quit. I'm driving to church with a powerful word from God. And the devil told me, You should just quit. Here's the problem. Most people say, okay, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. But those that are persistent, those that are faithful, those that are pursuing God cannot quit because there is a promise that he has made us and I will do my part. And I will be consistent and constant, and I will remain the same, and I will experience a breakthrough. Somebody shout, I will experience a breakthrough. Number six, the sixth way, and there's more, but these are only six I want to talk to you about today. The sixth way to experience a breakthrough is found in Isaiah 58, verse six. Isaiah 58, verse six. It says, is this not the fast I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Watch this. The sixth way to experience a breakthrough is a fast. Fasting prepares the way for God to loose, undo, let go, and break. Fasting prepares the way for God to give you fresh revelation, fresh vision, and clear purpose. Fasting makes space for God in your busy life. Fasting is abstaining from food for a period of time so that you can get fresh perspective from God. Fasting is abstaining from food for a period of time so that you can allow God to break some things out of your life. In Philippians, Paul calls our stomach, uh, it, this is Devon's phrase of how he says in the Philippians, "King stomach. He says, we're going to have to take the stomach and dethrone him. You'll see it in the, in the book of Philippians. You have to dethrone your stomach because your stomach becomes king and your stomach tells you what to do. And tells you what to say and tells you what to, and it tells you how to feel and how not to feel. Your stomach will do that. I saw a meme yesterday that said, it said, I had, I had to spend nine dollars on a salad and, and to feel bad when I could have went to Popeyes and spent five dollars, felt full and felt a lot better about myself. I said, I agree with that. Your stomach won't even tell you how to feel. And so we have to dethrone King's stomach. And we do that for the, for the purpose of fresh perspective from God. And we are requiring things to be changed in our life. Matter of fact, can I go deeper with you on this? Fasting is literally telling God, unless you move in my life, I will not eat again. Unless you move. I'm not going to take another bite to eat. And God says, I can't let I I need you here on this earth. I want you here. I want you healthy. You you submit to me in a fast. I'm going to break chains and loose and undo and break barriers for you. When you present your body in a fast, we don't talk about fasting much anymore today. But this should be a lifestyle. You, you should take some time and just say, you know, breakfast and lunch. I'm not fasting today. You should plan it. I'm going to have body language. I'm believing God for breakthrough. And there's going to be body language. I'm not going to eat until I see a breakthrough. That's what Daniel said. So we like to say that Daniel fast was 21 days and that Daniel sat 21 days before he fasted. Read it again. Daniel fasted 21 days until he got the answer. The answer came after the 21 days. He said, "I'm gonna fast until I get an answer from God." That's what fasting does. You you serious about a breakthrough? Go on a fast. If you're serious about it, go on a fast and watch what happens. Our second year of ministry, we 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 had a great first year. Thank God for the first year. Good start financially. Church was going well. Year two was rough financially for us. I mean, rough. Y'all, those of you that were with us, y'all didn't know because I didn't tell you. It was rough. It was really, really rough. And I needed a breakthrough. Lord, are we doing something wrong? What's going on? I committed to a fast. I just said, I ain't eating until we <laughs> experience a breakthrough. And I prayed, Lord, how long you wanted to go? And I felt like the Lord said, at this point, go 72 hours. So I went 72 hours, water only, just believing God for breakthrough. I was struggling on day two, struggling. But I needed a breakthrough more than I needed food. Who am I talking to in here today? I wanted to get some food on day two. Day one, I was like, okay, I'm, I can make it. I can make it. Day two, it was like, Lord have mercy. That refrigerator's calling. Every time I drove by a spot, it was calling my name. But I thought, what do I want more? Breakthrough or food? Did, did you know that... Um, Esau sold his birthright, the blessing from God, over his stomach, a pot of soup? He sold it over food. And you and I do it every single day. Some of y'all need to cut out the portion that you're eating just to fast. Like, you know what? I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat dessert tonight. I'm fasting it. I get quiet in here when you start talking about eating. Somebody might might say, you know, we're not eating lunch because we need a breakthrough to take place. We're going to skip lunch. Some of y'all think I'm crazy. But how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Did you know that Moses received the Ten Commandments after fasting? He fasted and God gave him the Ten Commandments. Esther saved her nation after fasting. Daniel was promoted after a fast. He fasted 10 days and was promoted after that fast. Jesus went on a 40-day fast and came out of it full of power. If Jesus needed to fast on the earth, how much more do you and I need to declare a personal fast, especially if you require a breakthrough in your life? Isaiah 58, six. one more time. Isaiah 58.6, one more time. It says, is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Fasting prepares the way for God to loose, undo, let go, and break. To summarize, number one, First way to experience a breakthrough is gonna to have to be a love breakthrough. We got the breakthrough in knowing how much you love. Number two, you're gonna to have to believe before you see. Number three, you're gonna to have to give thanks in advance. Number four, you're gonna to have to praise. Number five, you're gonna to have to be persistent. And number six, you're going to have to fast. This is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.